0: Hello, I'm Devin. And I'm Darren. And this is 10 Minute Tabletop, where we cover the three biggest stories in tabletop in 10 minutes or less. Our first story this week, Roll 20 doing some big changes.
1: Yes, and they are they're redesigning its virtual tabletop, they're doing surveys, they're doing to improve user experience, modernize its interface, all kinds of stuff, right? The
0: the toolbar and the layers are the two big things that they're changing first. Okay. And this is newsworthy because we haven't seen a huge update or a a large visual update from Roll20 in a little bit. I mm-hmm. mean, they did the announcement on doors, but this seems like they're doing a massive overhaul to remain competitive in tabletop.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're seeing this with, like, the revamp of the Dungeon Master's Guide, too, right? We're just lowering the barrier to entry. We yeah. just, like, need to get as many people playing as possible, and then, like, once they get into it, then we can kind of get into the nitty-gritty, maybe make things a little more. If you want to go deep dive into yeah. the books, <laughs> if you want to see all the different components, you can do here's, that.
0: Here's the thing that we we always see around tabletop role playing mm-hmm. is it's hard to get started because... Right. The barrier to entry is high. There's a lot of friction, there's a lot of obstacles. Yeah. Roll20 knows this. Roll20 and every virtual tabletop knows the best way for someone to learn to use their product is if someone shows them. Right. Right? You, you can do as many tutorials as you want, but every uh, every virtual tabletop knows it's a lot easier if someone's like, "Hey, this is how it works." Yes, exactly. Uh, but that's the same with like Photoshop, yeah. right? So you have to really want to be invested to be able to run on VTTs to mm. learn how to do it. Yeah. But They've done a massive amount. They have a great article on their blog about the UX research they did to, for the, why they're making these changes. And
1: what did it come up with?
0: I mean, it essentially said like, you know, layers are a little confusing, how they're yeah. going to be changing that, how they're going to be changing their toolbar to make it more user-friendly. Mm-hmm. And so I, if, if you're interested in like the deep UX research they've done, check out their blog post. It's really impressive. It's not only survey, but it's also watching user interact. It's also using like just basic UX principles. You'll be able to opt in to the new experience towards the end of May, and you can check out their blog for all the UX research and more updates on that. Now to our next point of news, Pathfinder, we talked about this, uh, BKOM, or BKOM Studios, is making the next, I believe, two or three Pathfinder games. We
1: just keep talking about Pathfinder week after week after week. They're doing it, man. They are.
0: And uh, Pathfinder, they're getting a new game. Now, it is going to be kickstarted, very much like their previous games, Mm -hmm. but it's a different studio. The interesting thing about this is it's not going to be your regular turn-based tabletop RPG video game.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a hack and slash, right? Hack and
0: Diablo. Yeah you know exactly. which is a really interesting shift with Pathfinder. I think they'll probably still have a turn-based game as well. Yeah. But there are a lot of people that don't like turn-based. I remember watching the Baldur's Gate 3 announcement video and everyone's like, "Oh, turn-based, lame." And just yeah. didn't even weren't even interested in that.
1: Yeah, well, I think it's probably similarly to maybe like the what the League of Legends did with their TV show Arcane. Mm -hmm. It's like just diversify, get your like get your name out there, do a bunch of different things. Like maybe if it's not something that would be normally expected, like for your type of game, type of brand, whatever, the more people can like recognize that name with great something fun, something they love, they're more they're gonna look into other avenues that you've done. So I think it's super smart.
0: And they're using their icon. They're using four distinct icons. Icons are kind of like in world known characters okay to to my understanding when reading this now i don't know a lot about the pathfinder like lore i'm not that deep in it Mm -hmm. but icons are i believe the same from like their comics these are like the Mm. iconic characters inside of pathfinder or i think icons might be the different like. Iconic subclasses.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm just happy for Pathfinder cause it really does seem like they're putting in work diverse, like Joseph, diversifying their portfolio. And they're, they're really trying to grow that brand. Like, you know, Wizards of the Coast obviously has a huge leg up on everybody. Everybody right now, but Pathfinder,
0: they're putting in work. Yeah. Uh, but They're in a lot of different pots. What's interesting too, is the fact that they're doing hack and slash. There's no character creation to this really, mm-hmm. uh, so they're kind of really leaning in a different direction. Pathfinder is obviously notorious for character creation because yeah. there's so many options. But I do like the fact that they're not just going to release a bunch of video games that are just the same term base, just with a different story. Yeah. This will be kickstarted. I'm really curious to see how it does. Mm-hmm. It's really expensive to make video games. Yeah. So when you have to lean on crowdfunding, that kind of really determines like how much you can put into it.
1: Yeah. We'll see how people respond. How many people want the hack yeah, and right? slash from it? Yeah. So
0: estimations right now. What do you think they're going to do in their Kickstarter?
1: Ugh, what's the standard? Every the number always comes to my mind of avatars, which is just like astronomical. Yeah. So I'm gonna hundreds of thousands.
0: Hundred? Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, they have to do hundred. Just to, you know. I'll, I'll give
1: them push. one milli.
0: One milli? Yeah. I'm gonna say seven million. Wow. Seven million. I think I got. Kevin high,
1: believes in you guys. I have high
0: hopes for Pathfinder. Kevin I think believes uh, in you guys. I think especially the hack and slash is gonna be really interesting. I think coming off of you know Diablo Four and a bunch of other hack and slash, I think there's there's a market for it. All right. And finally, our last story, a <laughs> byline in a community update for D&D Beyond that D&D Beyond is working on a third party marketplace.
1: What does that mean?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so are you familiar with DMs Guild or DriveThruRPG where they are third party marketplaces where people can sell like their adventures?
1: Yes, their, uh, yes, artwork, yes, 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 right? okay.
0: A third party marketplace is also Roll20. Roll20 has a third party of right. market- uh, maps, tokens, adventures, mm-hmm. et cetera. This isn't Roll20 making this stuff. This is other creators making it and selling it through Roll20 to Mm, be used on Roll20. DD Beyond, in a a single, like one or two (laughs) sentences in a community update, says that they are working on a third party marketplace. Now, the reason this is important is anyone who wants to make content for DD to be used by DD Beyond can then make it. So if you're like, I have a monster, I like to be able to sell this monster. The idea is you'd be able to sell it on D and D Beyond, Ooh. or like I have a subclass I like to sell uh, sell this, or I have an adventure and it has the D and D Beyond layout. Now yeah. this was something we had talked about very very early about the OGL that they should have done the focus primarily on the third party marketplace, yeah, because that's you are then providing a tool and accessibility. It's a win-win.
1: That's what I was thinking. I was like, why didn't they do this first? This sounds so much smarter yeah. because there are so many people who make like homebrew custom items and there are great, like good custom item Absolutely. features on D and D beyond, yeah. but the ability to like sell it mm-hmm. and share it with people. And then like things can get really popular. And yeah. then like creators can get known that way. Like, oh, the f- you're the guy who made that fucking sword that everybody liked right? like,
0: and with the success of DMs Guild, which DMs yeah. Guild is a place where you can create Dungeons and Dragon Adventures that use D and D intellectual property mm. and sell it to people. And I if you thought of
1: buying like something like that, like buying DM's Guild or buying, well, they own DM's Guild. <laughs> okay, okay, I was like, wait, <laughs> <Yeah>. so like, <laughs> so the but, they own, they,
0: but <laughs> or they have a, a licensing deal with Drive Through RPG, which owns DM's Guild, and they have okay. they essentially get a cut of this. Okay, but the idea is, you know, this will probably be a move to replace DMs Guild mm-hmm. if they can have everything sold on their marketplace. Yeah. I mean um, right now they take a fifty percent cut from DM's Guild, but I believe like twenty goes to drive thru and thirty goes to D and D. But I would expect, you know, some sort of high cut as well from yeah. the D and D beyond third party marketplace. I
1: mean it's the smart and good way to get everything under your umbrella because yeah. if you're just a creator that doesn't want to go through the like motions of like building something totally bare bones and then trying to sell it, like, gra- it's like putting something on Etsy, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yes, you could build your own website or. You could sell it on Etsy. Maybe you don't make as much money as you want, but then yeah. when you get a little notoriety, then maybe you can make your own shop. It's like, you know, it, it, it's a smart way to yeah. just be like, it's here, just stay here. Right?
0: <laughs> stay, stay here. Now, Roll20 did buy DriveThru, R. they acquired or merged with mm-hmm. RPG, which owns the DMs Guild, and that's now part of the Roll20 ecosystem, and we're seeing how those integrate. So I don't know if this is going to, you know, if this will lead in you know three years from now when they launch it, you mm. know, that's estimating that they're able to do that. What that means for DM's Guild, but it does seem that like they are trying to create the walled garden, and this is one of those steps. the The interesting fact, the interesting fact is, it will be really great for accessibility, mm. but that's because D&D Beyond is, has a, a, a stranglehold on accessible play tools. Yeah, and so well, you know, if we find other companies out there that start creating that, then. It won't be right. as valuable, but that is one of the benefits of d Beyond is accessible screen readers. It's also very easy to create characters. So I'm interested to see what happens with the third-party marketplace. Yeah, I think hopefully. it's going to be huge.
1: Yeah, hopefully they take care of DM's Guild and all those places and absorb them. You know, if they do do, do that, they do it in a nice Yeah, Yeah, we'll way. see what happens. <laughs>
0: we'll, we'll, we'll continue to cover this. But that's the news we have all for right. this week. We, we will be back same time next week. We'll see you there. And we'll see you then. And if you like the show and you want to support us, head over to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash TotalPartyChill. Thanks so much. See you next week.